0: Have your way here, Jesus. Come on, go ahead. Getting, getting that liberty. There's joy here. There's liberty here. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, be set free tonight. Be liberated tonight. God, take this church to another level. Lord, we take every restraint off of you. Move how you want to move. Do what you want to do. You ought to pray over yourself right now. Lord, touch my mind. Lord, touch my spirit. God, I don't want to just go through the motions. Lord, I don't want to be locked down. We pray for a liberty upon each and every one of us, every guest, every member, Lord. We invite you, Lord, to come down in this place. We ask you, Lord, to do what only you can do. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough, Lord, but your spirit can do in just a moment what I cannot accomplish in a lifetime. Lord, we're asking you, Jesus, shake this place. Move in soul's harbor. Change us, oh God. Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, don't try to hold it in. Don't try to hold it back. Just begin to get a little wild in your worship. Get a little comfortable in your worship. Oh, there's something special here tonight. There's a special touch of His presence here right now. Come on, that's it. Begin to reach. Oh, cry out to the Lord. Oh, go ahead. Somebody's come here with a made-up mind tonight. Someone came here ready to have church tonight. Have your way. Help me, Jesus. Touch me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, oh, God. Move and work, Jesus, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is evident through the Word of God that it takes more than Jesus just being present in order for a miracle to occur. There are many towns where Jesus walked through and nothing happened. There were many places, there were many people that were in his presence but never accessed his power because that is determined by you and me. You have to decide who Jesus is. Is he the Lord and Savior or is he just the carpenter's son? You've got to figure out who he is. Is is this just... What is this to you? Just something cute you do or is this, I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ and he has all power. There is no equal to him and he could change my life tonight. He could, anytime we are in his presence, something special could happen. Miracles are possible, but that's up to you and me. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Am I going to engage? Am I going to yawn my way through a service? Am I going to what what am I? No, I'm I'm happy you're here, but as I said earlier, I'm not here for you. I'm here for him because I need him. I've got to have him. I'm lost without Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah! I'm thankful for what the Lord did here in our morning service. So wonderful to experience kind of a different service, that testimony service. We enjoyed the testimonies of uh, brothers Daniel Osborne and David Shell, and uh, Sister Susie Autry. It's so great to hear their stories. Thankful for all that the Lord is doing, and I'm going to quickly try to get into this message. And typically, most services. We are talking about how to succeed. In one way or another, we're talking about how to be successful. Uh, Do this and you can overcome addiction. Uh, Try this and you could get the victory. Uh, Do this and you'll be blessed. Uh, Here's how to be saved. Use this key for spiritual dominion. It's all about success and victory and joy and all of that good stuff. Uh, Tonight, though, I want to kind of change gears, and I want to have a little bit of fun, uh, and I want to come at this from a different slant. So rather than telling you how to be saved or how to be successful, I want to tell you how to get nowhere. I want to turn it around, and uh, I've come to share with you some surefire ways to fail so we, we talk about success every week, but per, perhaps you're more of a negative person and, and you, you don't get into that success stuff. So perfect. I'm going to teach you how to fail tonight. We're going to talk about some surefire ways to fail. Sounds really encouraging, right? <laughs> Just do these things and I guarantee you're not going to accomplish much in life. Do what, do what I'm about to tell you, and you're not going to be saved. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to go anywhere. Do some of these things, and you are sure to be stuck in a rut and frustrated. Who wants that? Who wants to be frustrated all their life? Who wants to be stuck in a rut? Who, who wants to be a failure? No one. Nobody wants that. But it's unfortunate because a lot of us, without realizing it, are doing things that are detrimental to our spiritual and our natural success. And we need to recognize that our God is in the blessing business. We serve a God that loves his people, wants you to be successful, wants you to move forward, it's not his will for you to fail and fall. It's not his will for you to perish. It's not his will to just punish you throughout your entire life. Jeremiah 29:11 says it this way, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil." to give you an expected end. He said, I've got a good outcome in mind for your future. God has good thoughts for each and every one of us here this evening. God wants you to have a preferable future. God wants you to have a successful marriage. See, some of y'all don't even believe that right there. Some, you need to get a hold of it. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be saved. He's not some bully trying to condemn you. He's not trying to rub you into the ground. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to increase you. Is there anybody that believes that tonight? So I know I'm having a little bit of fun with this tonight. So basically, whatever I say, you're going to do it in reverse. How about that? So here is your first surefire way to fail. Are you ready to be a failure? You ready to You ready to learn what not to do? All right, so here you go. Your first surefire way to fail. Here it is. Here it is. You ready? Listen to no one. Listen to no one. If you want to fail, here you go. Be a know-it-all. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Hold on. If you want to fail, do not listen to anyone. Don't seek counsel. Be stubborn. Be hard-headed. Don't receive instruction. Don't have a teachable spirit. If you want to fail, let me tell you how you do it. Stop up your spiritual ears, have a hard head, and just do whatever. Am I telling the truth right now? Some of y'all are saying, uh-huh, I know, I'm guilty. <laughs> but if you want to be blessed, if you want to be used by God, If you want the favor of God on your family, on your marriage, on your children, on your ministry, on your future, then you've got to have a teachable spirit. We've got to have an open heart and be willing to receive instruction. Can you hear me all right out there? Does it sound okay? Proverbs 1, 5, I'm going to give you just, I'm going to throw you four or five scriptures real quick. Proverbs 1, 5 says it this way, a wise man, everyone say wise man, will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So if you want to be wise, you take counsel. But if you want to fail, go ahead and just do whatever you want to do. And that's the beauty. You have a free will. The Lord's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to force you to go to heaven. He's not going to force you to be blessed. You can stubbornly knock your head against the wall for the duration of your life and be miserable if you want to. But I have a feeling I'm, I'm with a church that wants to be blessed and wants to be successful and wants to be used by God. And so if we want to be wise we need counsel. Proverbs 11:14 says where no counsel is the people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverbs 12:1 says whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge but he that hateth reproof is brutish. He that loves instruction wants to grow. But there's some folks that they don't want to be instructed. They don't want to be corrected. And it says that person is brutish. Verse 15 of the same chapter says it this way. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Oh, Lord, help us. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. You want to be wise? Hearken unto counsel. The key to wisdom is right there. You want wisdom? Listen listen to the counselors that the Lord has put in your life. A surefire way to fail is to listen to no one. But the way to be blessed is to have a teachable spirit and to be willing to receive correction and direction that we all need. Now, I'm not talking about blindly listening to to every person and getting direction from every person off of Facebook. That's just ignorance. It's crazy. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is our need for counsel. Our need for godly voices to be able to speak into our lives, a godly voice to be able to give us a word from the Lord. And let me tell you, you can get a word from the Lord for more than just a Sunday service. You can get a word from God for your marriage. You can get a word from God for your business and your financial decisions. Well, I know what I'm doing. Well, you keep doing what you want to do and see how it works out for you. But if you want to be wise and if you want to be blessed, you got to reach a point and say, Teach me. Teach me, Lord. Bring people in my life, God, that can show me things that I'm doing right and show me things that I'm doing wrong. You ought to lift a hand right now and say, Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. Come on. Get in the spirit right now. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about anyone else. Teach me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Every single one of us need direction and we need correction. Correction. Every single one of us are going to have many times throughout our lives where we need direction and then we need correction. There's times when I need someone to give me an encouraging pat on the back. Then there's other times I need a little bit more of a swift kick. Well, not me because I am perfect. Yeah, right, the devil is a liar. You're human just like me. And you don't know it all. And I don't know it all. We need understanding. You look throughout the Word of God, and those that were stubborn and refused to take instruction seemed to always meet their demise. Saul, King Saul of the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel 15, he could not listen to the voice of of Samuel. He could not listen to the man of God who had a word from the Lord. I've graduated beyond that now. I am king and I've got a couple dollars in the bank account. I've got a shiny crown now. I sit on the throne so I think I know a little bit more than Samuel does about warfare. I think I know a little bit more about defeating an enemy. Saul thought he knew better than Samuel did and God did. It doesn't make sense what God is asking of me. It doesn't make sense what Samuel is telling me. And there are times, hear me please, there are times in your life that the ways of God will not make good business sense. There are times in your life when doing what you need to do does not make great natural sense. Your boss won't understand not receiving a certain promotion. A family member might not understand passing by what others might see as a job opportunity. But we've got to be willing to receive the word from the Lord. And Saul had a natural plan that was better than Samuel's. Saul had an idea that was better than God's, naturally speaking. This will be better financially. These animals will benefit us. It will benefit the Lord. It it makes more sense naturally. But church, we do not just live by this world system. We might be in this world, but we are not of this world. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my king. People are arguing over who their president is. Let me tell you, we need to be worrying about who sits on the throne. And that's it's Jesus Christ. He's the King. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the one that needs to sit on your hearts. People arguing about who's a Republican and a Democrat and all that nonsense. We need to figure out who's a Christian. Who's going to do what thus saith the Lord? Who's going to submit to the ways of God even when you don't want to? Oh, but I know better. Oh, but I've got a better plan. My five-year plan makes good sense. But then here comes the Lord. And the Spirit of God moves upon a godly counselor or your pastor. And we speak a word to you. Are you going to be a Saul? I hope not. Because of Saul's arrogance and stubbornness, it cost him the kingdom. It cost him his authority. It cost him his anointing because he had to hear me. He had to push his own will. He had to get his own way. This is what I think should happen, and I'm the king, and I can make the decision, so this is what we are going to do. And it says that the in the word of God that Samuel said, For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Hear it. And the Lord hath rejected thee. It reached a point where Saul's stubbornness and arrogance, where God finally just had to say, Go for it, big boy. Go ahead. I've tried to correct you. I've tried to help you. But your stubbornness. A surefire way to fail is to listen to no one. Cain is another example. He couldn't even listen to the voice of God. He makes a mistake in his sacrifice, and the Lord so graciously comes to him. The Lord says, listen, if you'll just do this, Cain, I'll receive your sacrifice. If you'll just do this, I'll receive you. God told him what to do to succeed. God told him what to do if you'll allow me to be saved but Cain was blinded by jealousy blinded by bitterness and rejected the word of God and he lived the rest of his life as a cursed man when he could have been a blessed man the difference between being cursed and blessed was simple obedience being able to take the word of God and saying, I don't understand it. I don't completely agree with it. But yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's the true test of Christianity. It's obeying when you don't feel like it. It's obeying when you don't agree with it. If we want to fail, it's easy. Be a know-it-all. If I want to fail as a pastor, it'd be easy. Don't listen to other preachers. Don't listen to other pastors. Don't listen to elders that have been there and done that. I could say, well, I've only been doing this a short time. and Look at what we're doing. And that would be the beginning of the fall. If we want to fail, listen to nobody. But we need to have... Church, growing church, apostolic church, budding ministries. Here's what we've got to do. Psalm 25, verse 4, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths, O God. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. 27 and 11, teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Psalm 34, 11 says, come ye children and Hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 119.33, over and over again. More scriptures than we have time to hear. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. I must have a teachable spirit. You must have a teachable spirit. We must be able to receive direction from the Lord. Young people, hear me right now. Guys, I know it's hard when you're young. We know it all when we're young. But we've got to be willing to listen to the voice of trusted elders. Not just anyone. Not just some Johnny-come-lately. But someone that's true, blue, dyed-in-the-wool, apostolic wisdom flowing through them. That's the people you need to say... Teach me how to have a good marriage. You having pro- problems with, with your honey? You need to get with a good, godly, apostolic couple and say, Teach me how to do this right. Show me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, that's one of the benefits of having a pastor. I didn't say a preacher, a pastor. That's one of the benefits of having a pastor, not someone to just coax your ego and tell you how great you are. If I'm just a spiritual cheerleader for you, you're missing a benefit of godly leadership. You're missing the tool that God has given you of godly counsel. You can jump on YouTube and you can find any kind of message you want. You can find people much more skilled than I to preach the word to you. But you've got to make a decision at some place, at some point, to submit yourself to godly authority where someone can look you in the eye and say, I don't think you should do that. Or, I think you should change that. And if you can't accept it, surefire way to fail. Fail. (laughs) I'm telling you, there are things that I will ask of you that it's not going to make good sense sometimes. There's going to be things that the Word of God asks of you that your flesh isn't going to like. How do I know that? Because there's things that my flesh does not like. You look and everything throughout the Word of God, as you look into the New Testament, as you look at these miracle accounts, so many times... What Jesus asked was crazy. It was wild. It was foolish. It made no sense. You look at the beginning of his miracle career, you might say, in John chapter 2. He's at the party. His mother calls him before. He says, It's not even my time yet. And they're needing a miracle at this wedding. And they have run out of wine. And Okay, Jesus, we need you to move and work. What happens then? Okay, here's what I need. I need some big, dirty pots where you put your stinky feet in, where we purify your, where we're going to dump the water on your nappy toes and we're going to purify your hands. That's, that's, That's what we need right now. I need a bunch of water pots like that. Fill them up with some old water. Makes good sense, right? No. No, it doesn't make sense. And I'm telling you, if you are giving your life to God, there are things that the Word of God will require of you that will be asked of you that makes no good sense. What was the Word, though? Listen to what his mother said in verse 5. His mother saith unto the servants... Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatever he says, just do it. Whatever he asks of you, just do it. Don't argue. Don't try to count two plus two equals four because with God, math goes out the window. And Jesus now gets them in this place where, will you trust me? Take the nasty water pots. Fill them with water. Well, some of us, I'm afraid, me, I'd be saying, well, I don't think that's a good leadership strategy right there. That doesn't make good administration sense right there. But when Jesus begins to speak into your life and suddenly you're you're saying, well, listen, I'm entertaining taking a job where there's less money. But other people say, no, don't do that. But suddenly the Lord might say, no, I I see the end from the beginning and you need to be hooked up with these people and that's not a good environment and you're missing half your church services. And so the Lord says, suddenly you need to make a move. Am I telling the truth, Brother Lee? I'm trying to be cautious with Brother Lee, giving him advice about work stuff, and we're going to pray, and we're going to seek, and we're going to do this. But suddenly Jesus shows up with a water pot and says, do this instead. And now he's more blessed than he was before because he took a step of faith that didn't make sense naturally. The miracle began as they started to obey. The miracle unfolded as they listened to the voice of the Lord. I'm talking to some people right now. Where you're at, you don't need more talent. You don't need more anointing. You don't need a better degree. We just need to simply say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, whatever you ask of me, whatever you require of me, I'm willing to do whatever you ask of me. I'm telling you. There will be times when things don't make sense. When your pastor asks things of you that rubs your flesh the wrong way. Times when the word of God requires things you don't understand. Let me remind you, 1 Corinthians 1 says this in verse 25. The foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. What seems foolish the world confounds the wisdom of this world. We've got to be willing to say yes, Lord. We've got to be willing to heed the word of the Lord. The beginning of miracles in John chapter 2. It happened. It says, "The beginning of miracles that he did and manifested his glory." His glory was made manifest. The miracles began When there were some people willing to listen, willing to listen, willing to obey, well, this just don't make sense. Well, I just don't understand this. Well, I thought this was good enough. But the glory of God was manifest whenever people were just saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. If that's what we need to do, yes, sir. If that's what we've got to do, Yes, sir. If that's what's going to help us get a miracle, then yes, sir. I'm talking to some people right now. You need to seek the voice of the Lord and seek some godly counsel and be willing to do what is asked of you. That simple obedience could be the key that will unlock the glory of God upon you. Anybody need a breakthrough? Anybody needing a blessing? You've been struggling and beating your head against the same wall for a while, it's time to submit. It's time to listen. It's time to obey. Lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. I'm just going to close my mouth and listen. I'm going to stop arguing over everything. I'm going to stop making a big deal over everything. I'm going to stop being contrary every time someone tries to give me advice. <laughs> oh, i got to move on. Surefire way to fail. Listen to nobody. So if you want to be successful, if you want to succeed and be blessed, get some godly counsel and do what's asked of you. Especially when you don't want to. <laughs> Here's another surefire way to fail. I'm going to try to move through this one quickly. Here's a surefire way to fail. Do nothing. Do nothing. I'll continue on where we just left off. John chapter 2 verse 5. What did his mother say to the servants? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Do it. Do it. Nike was on to something. They had a confounding, profounding marketing campaign by simply saying, just do it. That just resonated with people because why? We have a tendency to be lazy and to procrastinate and to just, so suddenly that just sparked a revolution. Just do it. Just get up and go. And spiritually speaking, there is a time to pray. There's a time to wait on the Lord. You should fast. You should seek counsel. We should do whatever we can to be wise, and to be prepared. But there reaches a point when you finally just have to do something. (laughs) You've got to finally just commit and get to work with where you're at. Well, well, I'm praying about it. Well, I'm I'm glad you're praying, but you've been praying about the same situation 65 years and doing nothing. The problem might not be the praying. It might be the inactivity. James 2.17 says it this way. Faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 20 says, Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Pray about it, but do something about it. Pray about it, but do something about it. I like what Teddy Roosevelt said, one of his famous quotes. He said, Do things, be sane. Don't fritter away your time. I like that fritter. I thought that's something you ate. Corn fritters or something. Don't fritter away your time. He said, create, act, take a place, wherever you are, be somebody, get action. And spiritually speaking, that is the case. Faith requires work. Faith requires movement. Faith requires action. Effort. We can't just sit around and wait for somebody to come and bring us everything. We're there, they're require. There's requiring some effort on your part. Lord, bless me financially. Amen. Now get up and go to work. Lord, I need a job. Bless me with a job. Amen. Now I'm going to put in some uh, applications. Lord, I want to be used by you. Amen. I'm going to show up to the church and say, Hey, how can I help? Surefire way to fail is to do nothing. What is it about Abraham? Hebrews 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive. See, that's the problem with me. That's the problem with us. We want it now. I want the blessing. I want the proof now. But that's not the way it works. It's effort now. It's step of faith now it's miracle following that step of faith i want the b- miracle right now i want that new sanctuary yesterday right now we are in the action stage of okay we're believing god to do a great work here okay so now we're taking up those offerings for that building okay lord we need it in jesus name okay now we got to give it Woo. <laughs> by faith after he should receive this inheritance Here it is. I love this. I think this is probably one of the best. This is one of the best definitions of faith, right here. He went out not knowing. He went out not knowing. One of the best definitions I've ever heard, right there. Going, not knowing. Going, not knowing. Again, now, we're not talking about ignorantly just, you know, going out and doing anything and everything. We've got godly counsel. We pray. We seek the will of God, the word of God, the, the, the people of God. We get counsel. But then there reaches a point you have to go even though you might not know. You've got to take a step of faith and begin to do Something. Ephesians 6, 8 says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you plant nothing, you ain't going to have nothing to eat later. If I don't put any seed in the ground, I can't expect any fruit to pop up. You reap what you sow, and a surefire way to fail is to do Nothing, And I'm talking to people of faith. Some of you have got ministries and you've got businesses and you've got hopes and dreams and ambitions. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. I'll be honest with you. If I, if I don't have a direct answer for you, I'll tell you. I don't know. We're just going to have to pray about this. But there reaches a point when you've got to go, even though you might not know, where you've got to do something, not foolish things, not crazy things, but steps of faith where you begin to make a move and I feel like I'm supposed to start a business and I'm supposed to be in business for myself. Awesome. I, can, I might not know exactly where this thing is going to end up, but I sure can start that account and build the, the money that I'm going to need to take that next step of faith. You can go even though you might not know. You might not, you might feel that calling to be a children's minister and I want to teach Sunday school, but you don't know exactly how it's all going to work out. What do you do? You just say, listen, I'd like to take a step and be an assistant in a class. What can I do? What do I have to do? I'm talking to people right now. You just simply need to be a doer of the word. You've got to go. Don't make excuses. The Bible says a wise man will count the cost. We're doing that with our building project right now. There's a time to pray. There's a time to counsel. There's a time to study. There's a time to fast and seek the Lord. But then there's a time to put your traveling shoes on, Abraham, and start going because you have a promise, and you're never going to get there unless you start moving. Lift your hands right now. I'm talking to somebody right now, you just simply need to make a move. No more making excuses. Doing something. You're waiting for the entire puzzle, but you've got a piece of it right now. You might not be able to put the whole thing together yet, but you got a piece or two. You can do something with it. Take a step. Do something. Put it together. I could stay here, but for time's sake, I'm not. You can look at the people with talents. In Matthew chapter 25, one has five talents. Another man has two talents. The the third has one talent. And you see the ones that accomplished something were the ones who did something with what they already had. But the man who had one talent, the Bible says he goes and Buries it. He does nothing. What was with what was committed unto him, and because of that, he was punished. And the little that he did have was given to the one that already had the most. Some of us, and we might we might wonder, how come the those blessed people always seem to be blessed because they're doing something with the seed, they're doing something with the talent. It doesn't take a whole lot. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to have twenty. 20- seven businesses. You don't have to work in Silicon Valley or anything like that, but you can start with where you're at. Stop making excuses. Some of us, some of us even, let me just talk about paying your tithes, and we can do a whole lesson on that later. Some of us, we have the best of intentions, and we'll say, well, I'll pay tithes whenever I have that full-time steady job, but listen, Really, the way it works is: How am I going to be faithful paying tithes on on a check of, let's say, you're, you're hoping one day I'm going to make a thousand dollars? If you're not if you're not paying your tithes, whenever you're making fifty bucks, it's highly doubtful that you're going to pay tithes when you're making five thousand dollars. And more than likely, you're not going to get to where you're wanting to go anyways without being blessed by the ways of the Lord. Don't bury your talent. Don't sit on the potential. You've got to be willing to make a move, to take a step. Wherever you're at, whether it's spiritual matters or some of us, we might even say natural matters. Why are you talking about business things? Because your business could be a great success and benefit for the kingdom of God. Your business might fund future missionaries. Your business might help us plant another church campus. You could be rich one day, not because you're trying to be Scrooge McDuck, but because you're wanting to have a good life and be a blessing. So if you want that to flow through you, you've got to do something with what you've already got. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Well, I want to preach. I want to be a preacher. Awesome. Go teach a Bible study. Teach somebody one-on-one. Do something, do something. Let me move on, I'll try to wrap this up. Last thing, let me tell you why a lot of folks here, this is where I want to land this thing tonight. Why a lot of people, I feel like, do not do anything. And whenever I say that, just understand, I don't mean anything. I know we do things, but I'm talking about making the moves that you feel led of the Lord to move, to do, to to seek, to pursue. This is why a lot of people don't do anything. Anything. It's this one right here. Last surefire way to fail for tonight. Believe you're a nobody. This is why a lot of people do not accomplish the things they are they're called of God to accomplish. They don't start the business they're they they felt to do for years. They they don't step out and get involved in the church like they've been wanting to do for a long time. It's because A lot of people, they just simply feel like a nobody. They don't make a move. They don't get that job. They don't start the business, not getting involved in the ministry, not answering the call of of God. Their inactivity a lot of times can be traced back to the lie that they are a nobody. And I'm talking to people in this this very room tonight. That's, That's your trap right there. You can't get over your own self. You can't, you haven't been able to see yourself succeeding. A poor self image, a pitiful view of who you are. That was the problem with the Israelites, as they have already been delivered from Egypt. God has already set them free. From the bonds of slavery. They are on their way into the promised land. And as they've been set free from bondage, and as they're preparing to enter into the promised land, in verse uh, 33 of Numbers chapter 13, look at what these Israelite warriors said. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Here it is. And we were in our own sight. As grasshoppers, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in theirs. They were perceived as tiny grasshoppers by the enemy, not because that's how they actually were, but it's because that's how they perceived themselves to be. We're just grasshoppers. We feel like a nobody, so we act like a nobody. And because we act like a nobody, the enemy sees us as a nobody. I'm talking to people right now. That's where, where you've been. You feel like a Nobody. So you act like a nobody and you get treated like a nobody. I'm here to rebuke that lie right now. You are not a grasshopper. You are not some poor pitiful person. You are a child of God. You have a future. You have a calling. You are not a grasshopper. You are a giant killer. You have a calling. You have an anointing. You are capable. And you can do more than what you are currently doing. (laughs) I'm just going to say that again. We felt like a nobody. So we acted like a nobody. And because we acted like a nobody, the enemy saw us as a nobody. Some of us, that's our problem. That's why you've been paralyzed. That's why you have been inactive. That's why you hang your head down low every time you come into a service here. You see yourself as a grasshopper, and that is not the truth. That is not how the children of Israel truly were. They were already called to have dominion in that land, and because they saw themselves as a grasshopper, that's how everyone else saw them. You have got to raise up. You've got to get up. You've got to change the way you think, the way you perceive yourself. You're not a grasshopper. You're not poor and pitiful. You're not incapable. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you have been putting on airs. You're trying to put on a good show, but you feel like 3 inches tall. You feel like just like a tiny little just an insignificant molecule fe- floating around in this big giant world and you've been acting like you can't do anything and I rebuke that in Jesus name. You are capable. You are able. I'm talking to some people right now. That's that's your problem. I hit the nail right on the head. in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you haven't been doing what you could be doing simply because you feel like a loser. You feel like you're not going to get anywhere anyways, so you don't even try. The enemy doesn't even have to deal with you anymore because you have paralyzed yourself. It's time to get up. It's time to rise up. I feel faith here right now. I feel faith trying to come in this place, but the Lord isn't gonna make you do anything. The Bible says, Let the weak say, I am strong. You gotta recognize, I can do this thing. I can be used by God. I can be successful. We are gonna grow. We can have a happy marriage. I can have a successful business. Stand with me. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. you got to get over yourself. i got to get over myself. I can feel so small. I can feel so insignificant. We can feel so little at times and feel like we can't accomplish anything. But saint of God, child of God, you are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. You can do all things through Jesus Christ. You are able to be successful. You can succeed. It doesn't matter if it's Moses. doesn't matter if it's Gideon. doesn't matter if it's Esther. You can trace your way throughout the Old Testament and into the New. You are going to find person after person that struggles with their identity. Yes, yes. Hey, hear me right now. Yes. Hear me right now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> People throughout the Word of God struggling with their identity. Str- struggling with who they were. Some of y'all, you try to put on an air and you try to act all, you know, know, cool. But the the reason why you're trying to act that way is because you feel that tall. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Tough Guy, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're calling it out tonight. Identity. Identity. What did Moses say as the Lord is calling from the burning bush? Who am I? Who am I that I could do this thing? This is the same Moses that killed the Egyptian Yeah, yeah He tried to do it by his own accord and he couldn't do it Who am I? I Gideon, I'm the least in my father's house Esther, I'm just an orphan I I, I don't even belong in this place Some of you, you've wrestled with those thoughts I don't even belong in a church If people knew what I did If people recognized and saw me where I was I, I don't belong here I'm telling you, every single person throughout the word of God and in this place tonight, you are going to have to get this figured out between you and the Lord. It's an identity crisis. It's an identity crisis. Who am I? I can't do it. I I am nothing on my own, and I can't make it. And I'm here to just tell someone tonight, the surefire way to fail is to believe you're a nobody. But the way that you can recognize you're a somebody is through Jesus Christ. It's through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 8:37, it says, In all these things, what things? All these things on on the job, in the marriage, in the ministry, in the church, in Walmart in all these things we are more than conquerors not because of ourselves not because of our personality not because of how much money we have in the bank account but it says through him that loved us child of god you're a conqueror because jesus christ loves you you have a future because jesus christ loves you you have a ministry because Jesus Christ loves you. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's about the love of Jesus that pursued you all the way through time, all the way from heaven coming down to this earth to redeem us from our sins. You are a conqueror because he loves you. Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands right now? Uh, touch us right now, Jesus. Help us right now, Lord. You ought to find a place to pray. I invite you you ought to come to the altar. Turn your seat into an altar. <laughs> I know we're having a little fun with the title and talking about failing and stuff like that, but you get the idea. We're talking about being successful tonight. We're talking about being saved. We're talking about being used by God. And the way that's going to happen is by listening to the voice of the Lord. It's by receiving counsel. It's, It's by doing something and taking action. (laughs) It's by understanding that I am fearfully and wonderfully made that I have a future, that I have a calling, that I can be used by the Lord. Come on, God is calling you. Some of you young men need to come up in the altar tonight. Come on, don't hide in the back. Don't hide under a seat. Don't just tuck your head. Come on, you ought to lift your face right now. I don't care. Climb over seats. Let them out, RJ. Let them out. Come on. Some of y'all ought to come up to an altar. Come on, stop hiding stop hiding stop hiding stop calling yourself a loser stop condemning yourself stop talking bad about yourself you're a child of the king come on you have a future you have a calling come on you ought to come up right now and pray praying together oh first peter 2 9 says but you are a chosen generation You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation and a peculiar people. You are called of God. You have a future. Oh, before you were born, the Lord had a plan for your life. Before you were born, the Lord saw the mistakes that you had made. Oh, before you were born, God knew the things that you would do. He loved you all through eternity. He came down off His throne in glory. He came here to save you from your sins, to call you. You are a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. Receive his love, answer the call. I'll say, Yes, Lord. I'm talking to people that are going to be successful. I'm talking to people right now, you're going to be business owners. You're going to sponsor missionaries. You're going to sponsor young people for camps. You're going to help build buildings. You're going to help start churches. Come on, you've got to see yourself through the eyes of Jesus Christ. We see ourselves at our worst, but he sees us at our best. You are capable. You are called. You are able. Come on, Eric. Come on, Brian. Let the Lord use you. Come on, let the Lord use you. You are poor and pitiful. You are called and chosen. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, elder, where are you at? Don't put this off on the young people. You have a calling, you have abilities, you are a somebody, you have a voice. You have a future. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Lord, touch these children, use them. There's such an onslaught of sin in this world trying to tell our children and our young people that they're nothing unless they do drugs and paint their bodies and show their bodies and sell their bodies. So much immorality, so much wickedness. Come on, young person. You have a calling. You don't get your identity from some rapper. You don't get your identity from some wardrobe. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, touch our children. Lord, touch our marriages. Come on, young couple, where are you at? Well, i work for God when I get it all together. You're never going to have it all together. We're people. Get to work where you're at. Do something now. Elder, where are you at? Seasoned saint, your best years aren't behind you. You've accumulated a wealth of wisdom. But you've got to understand you've got something to offer. Well, people won't want to hear what I've got to say. Yes, they do. They need it. The church needs it. We need your wisdom. We need your influence. We need your voice. You're a somebody.